Hey, Pavuanians, if you listened to the last episode, you've heard me talk about Nerdsgiving already. But just in case you haven't, this is a charity drive organized by the Nerdsmith Podcast Network that we have joined up with in support of The Trevor Project, a U.S. organization that provides suicide prevention services and crisis intervention to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning young people under 25. If you're able to donate, we have our own donation link at give.thetrevorproject.org slash Weekly. If you can't right now, please consider spreading the word, or go to nerdsmith.org to learn more. They have a bunch of cool podcasts, and pretty much all of them have bonus episodes or other incentives going on right now to help with the charity drive. And now, back to the episode. Hey, there you go. That worked. Woohoo! We are recording. All right. Technical difficulties for 44 minutes, wouldn't you know? We I mean, didn't have difficulties. It was just Scott wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Well, he was having technical difficulties. I was having technical difficulties because oh, my internet true. didn't work. His was, internet was not working. Like, the Wi-Fi was connected, but the connection to the Wi-Fi was not connecting to the internet. It did. Uh-huh. Uh, they're, yes, they're I very strange. had that happen a lot with our internet. So. so I tried restarting the computer and various things. Eventually, I had to go unplug the router, wait for 10 seconds, and plug it back in, and that worked. So, Well, I sort of had that problem with the Kindle this morning because <laughs> I read last night till late because it was too hot to do anything else. And then this morning got up to finish the reading for today, turn on the Kindle so I could finish reading, and it was completely dead. And I was like, <sighs> So I plugged it in for like four hours, and I thought, okay, I can finish reading, and it didn't charge. So I tried several different connectors. Nothing worked. Finally, I turned it off and plugged it in, and it came back on, and it's charged. So I don't know what the deal was with that, but it's finally. But I'd already done all the reading. I actually went a chapter further than I needed to. So yay me. (laughs) Eerie, what time is it? Um, 3.46 a.m. <laughs> wow. That's dedication. Very late. I usually you, am. Yeah, you usually kind of have backwards days, don't you? You're up in the night and sleep during the day? That is or correct. You, All except you? today. Actually, oh, or yesterday, I would say. I, I was actually up before noon yesterday for once and wow. out all day in the sun for two days straight. So oh, now nice. I'm making up for lost time by being awake all night because I have work to do tomorrow at night. Um, oh, boy. Oh, so you need to stay up so that you can sleep during the day so that you can do your work. And, and I get it. Exactly. So you missing me schedules. was like a sign from fate. <laughs> <laughs> because I was sitting in a chair falling asleep and being like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to sleep. But I don't want to stay here either. Hmm. So. so here is a link to the story, and hopefully to even the chapter we're starting on. Uh, eight, not eight. I'll I find so. number one. Or number one. Yeah, we're trying. We're it's chapter eight number wise, and chapter seven written out. If that makes sense. It makes because perfect sense. I have read nothing. Hooray! Right. I, I know nothing about this fix. So, so you can just sort of listen and and. Bounce things off of us that you hear that might be weird. So basically, um, we're... Have you watched Firefly to start with? That's... No. 
Okay. This <laughs> is a crossover you. between Harry Potter and I Firefly. Know. So most of the characters are from that. That's but. why I didn't read it yet. I had the <laughs> other to read at the ready, but not this one. Oops. Hmm. Well, um, oh, we've done that before. So basically, this is many, many years into the future. The Earth is considered no longer. Um, it was, you know, people pretty much killed it. And so they were transferred into space on spaceships. There's uh, kind of the Alliance and the the other group that's the Rebels. And of course, it's always the Rebels that you want to follow. So it's a, you know, it's kind of a Star Wars story. We've got this rare, or no, a Battlestar Galactica story where we have this ragtag group of people. There's a captain, uh, his first mate, whose husband has died uh, in the fairly recent past. There's a female mechanic. Mechanic. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I couldn't pull a mechanic out of my brain for anything. There's a man named Jane who's who really enjoys guns. It's his favorite thing in the whole wide world. Yeah. There's and River and women, and apparently his mama, which we will find out at the very end of this. Yeah. There's, there's River. A, there's a scene in the um, in the TV series because Jane has is always presented as sort of the you know rough and tumble big burly guy who just likes to shoot things and uh, but one of the episodes they have the crew get mail and he gets a cap that his mom knitted for him that looks ridiculous but he's greatly pleased to have it and wear it yeah you know a man ain't afraid of anything and he could wear that hat walking down the street <laughs> yep there's a doctor and his sister and his sister has been experimented on by the alliance people um, mm-hmm. we know she's not magical through Harry, but she has sort of these latent magical powers that aren't really magic, but she's, she's yeah. a, a, basically in, a seer. In the Firefly uh, universe, there's people called readers, and she's the only one we really interact with, but it's apparently common enough to have a term for it, and it's people who can sort of see what people are thinking or at least feel what they're feeling and maybe have some sort of psychic like uh, premonitions or something of that nature. And in this fic, we've, we learned in the first or second chapter that readers are basically all that's left of wizards and witches. It's magic has sort of degraded over the centuries and that's the closest they can find now uh, because, uh, there was a, a magical artifact that was supposed to summon this great wizard hero, Harry, um, mm-hmm. and they went and found a reader to touch it to make the artifact turn on, and now here's Harry. Um, right. And their idea was, it was the Alliance people that pulled Harry out, and their idea was to send him after River. But Harry had other ideas, and so he's been traveling for the last two years trying to find everything he can about what's happened to the wizards um, collecting artifacts and old things like that. And at the very end of the last story, the last chapters that we did last week, he found Hogwarts history. Um, and it said something like... It was Hogwarts of history 2193 edition or something like that. Um, yeah. And it starts with, as you may know, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry has now been closed for three years. Yeah. And this is a book that's 200 years old at the point where Harry is. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, uh, so okay, that's wait a where minute, wait a minute. we're starting. 
Yes, dear. Do the Alliance know that readers are wizards? No. They don't know anything about wizards. Okay, okay. Except for maybe the guy that talked Weatherby into trying to call Harry forth. Uh-huh, okay. But he he just sort of had a vague idea of what a wizard was. He had no idea what Harry was actually capable of, or he wouldn't have done it the way he did it, because he got his really. mind erased. Okay. So I think that pretty much gets you sort of kind of up to speed. Well, we should probably get going. Otherwise, we'll keep Eru up all night. That's the point, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Season 9 of Parfic with... <laughs> <laughs> going to start quickly and try to stay on topic. Well, it's because they won't let me have an extensive repair with Snake and it pisses me off. Sex and snorkags. We can't rock it like we used to. <laughs> Most of us are going to bring a hit. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Wait, so they've turned Snape into the chef from The Little Mermaid? You just can't say that to the Dark Lord. <laughs> but I digress. Us digress? Never. <laughs> no! Never, never. Chickens with Sue Hour. <laughs> My mom went to Hawaii and all she brought me was a stupid chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, it's called... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just snoring. We are... Good night, guys. I'm already falling asleep. I think I did at one point. Mr. Potter, what are you doing at the Wizarding Mart? Yeah. Holy shit, did I fall asleep through the whole fucking thing almost? Apparently. <laughs> that is going in an intro too, please. Where the hosts are all our friends Somehow the tangents seem to blend Come on our journey round the bend Part of it weekly Where the story lands Welcome to Potterfake Weekly, the flagship of the pod family of podcasts. That is not right. Welcome to Potterfake Weekly, the podcast, yeah. flagship podcast of the family of podcasts that is Potterfake Weekly. I don't have any idea what I'm saying anymore. Bob would be so ashamed of me, but that's okay because... Mm -hmm. You know, you all know who I'm talking about anyhow. It's the podcast where we talk about Harry Potter fan fiction, which yeah. is kind of in the name. So, I'm Sue. I'm Money. I'm Scott. And I'm Thunder, known as Ariel on the forums. And we are doing chapters 7 through 10 of Brown Coat, Green Eyes by Nanjon. And it's actually chapters 8 through 14 or so. Um, if you're looking at the fan fiction page chapter markers and not what the words say, that's very confusing too. But anyhow, because the chapter one was a prologue and then right. chapter two was chapter one and yeah, so on and so forth and so on and so forth and all of that. And where we left off last time, Harry had picked up a copy of Hogwarts history and it basically says, Hogwarts history has been closed for three years. That's where we ended. So now we're going to find out what's happening. Chapter seven, a history lesson. And it was closed 
for three years as of 2193, and it is currently, um, let's see, I think it's said in chapter one, it is mm-hmm. currently 2520. So, yes, it's, it's been, been close to a while. 300 and change years. Yeah. And the headmaster at the time was Harry Order of Merlin, first class. Headmaster of Hogwarts, 2164 to 2190. And basically, Don't assume that you can fix everything after all the muggles leave. Just get on one of these ships. There are even ships that are all wizards heading out to specific places, so you can get on one of those if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Many magical races have chosen death over relocation, and I implore you not to make the same mistake. And Harry sets the book down and says, Why the bloody hell didn't they they wake me? They don't need to fix everything. Well, and he probably couldn't have fixed everything. And he does sort of say that. You know, he probably couldn't have done it any either, but, you know, at least he could have tried. And yeah. and every, not everything is adding up because he knows that the Weasleys are, have eventually become the Weatherbees and that they're muggles now. So they must not have gone to one of these all-wizard planets. And he right. hasn't found any evidence of wizard planets somewhere, but then maybe they hid themselves and... Mm-hmm. So he's trying to figure out how can I track this down? What actually happened? Yeah, and he has a perimeter warning set so that he is uh, let know if anybody comes. And so it trips and he cancels the reverse silencing charm on River and stuffs Hogwarts a history out of sight. And then Jane wanders in and Harry says, You're up late. Jane says, I couldn't sleep. And so. They settle in, and and he figures that he knows why Jane is there. Jane wants to know about his special weapons. Yes, because he's told everybody that he has high-tech pulse weapons that each do different things with different colors of light so that if he has to start casting spells for some reason, they won't get distracted by, oh, strange flashes of light are coming from Harry's direction. Mm Mm-hmm. And he set up this whole illusion thing so that his wand holster looks like a high-tech gauntlet mm-hmm. that he's firing things from. Yeah. Well, at least his magic still works. That's true. Mm. I've seen fix where it only works while people are on Earth and then they can't do it from other planets and such. So that would have made this particular situation very awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess it wouldn't have worked at all in that case. They wouldn't have. They would have tried to use Antonio's magic ring, and nothing would have happened. And then, oh well, it's all hogwash and no story. <laughs> yeah. The end of it. Yeah. So, and Harry has to um, is staying close to River because he's using his sea to shield her, and she's dreaming in her sleep, and she's purring and saying, mm, "Harry." Jane just thinks that's hilarious. And he's making fun of Harry. And mm-hmm. he's, uh, they, they're kind of bantering back and forth. Yeah. 
And Harry manages to get um, Jane to explain why the rest of the crew was all nervous when they learned his last name was Potter. Uh Because just sort of in the middle of another conversation a few weeks ago, uh, River stopped paying attention, looked off into space, and started screaming Potter over and over. And the last time she had some word like that, it led them into a big giant battle and all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, so they're a little worried about this, but since they've already hired him, they're going to kind of see what happens. So. So eventually, Jane leaves to go laugh because he doesn't want to wake up River. And, and Harry gets out his book again and reads a little bit more. And, Reads to reads a piece from his own biography, and then the biography of the headmaster who wrote the bit at the beginning, who is apparently also quite young for the position and was a Slytherin who worked with a a Muggle doctor to track down the magic gene. Basically, mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it is kind of cool that they figured out how, and they can tell now if a child's going to be magical or a squib before they're even born. Which I would have thought would have been something that they would have figured out a long time ago how to do. Well, they're kind of backwards sometimes in some ways, our wizards. Wizards are not into the scientific method. But magic. Mm-hmm. Magic. Magic. Yeah. And he's just reading along, and then Jane pops up, and he doesn't have time to hide his book this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, and he spins around with his hand raised into Jane, and Jane looks at him, and he, like, high-fives him because he thinks that's what Harry wants. <laughs> good work, Harry. And Harry's like, oh, sorry, you startled me. And Jane's like, well, that's a good reason not to read. I wonder if it's got muggle-repelling charms on it. I, the book does. Uh. And then this is where Jane just says, can, can I just see them? See you fire one. And Harry's like, this is bothering you so much you can't sleep. Jane's like, if I say yes, will you show me? He's like, fine, I'll show you how the stunning part works. Yeah. (laughs) So he stupefies Jane (laughs) and then props him up in the co-pilot seat. And as soon as he does it, River pops up awake and just wants to know if if he hurt him. Nope. And Harry's like, nope, it's just like turning off a light switch. And she's like, darn. Because she and Jane don't have the best relationship. He doesn't have the best relationship with anybody. <laughs> she likes to needle him. Yeah. With good reason. Hmm. No, yeah. but she doesn't... Oh, yeah, she would know. And then they... So then they land where they were going, mm-hmm. and Mal and Dinara have another fight, which they always do. And... Yes. <laughs> he doesn't... The captain doesn't want anybody to... doesn't want to leave the ship completely alone, so... There's just several people that are left behind. So Harry and River, um, Kaylee and Simon are all there, and they're just sort of people watching. And Harry talks about how he pictures them all naked. Because somebody at some point gave him the advice when he was nervous about a speech that he should picture them all naked, and it actually worked for him, which Mm -hmm. I still think would not work very well for me personally, but... Apparently it does work for enough people that it's a common piece of advice. And so now it's gotten to be such a habit that whenever there's a large enough group of people, he automatically starts picturing them naked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just makes him feel better. 
And uh, Simon wants to know if he pictures them naked. And Harry says, well, do you really want to know? And Simon's like, uh, no, 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 I don't. And Harry says, no, I don't really. And Kaylee thinks that it feels like Harry's violating people by picturing them naked. And he says, what's in your head is your own business. If I were to draw a picture of it or describe it in detail or, say, write a limerick about it, that would be unfair to their privacy. But my eyes, my head, my business. And then he looks at Kaylee and says, do you really think Jane hasn't pictured you naked? And Kaylee's like, I don't think I want to think about that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of banter in this story. Harry's mm-hmm. changed. I said last week that um, it felt like, you know, Harry's picked up stuff from Dumbledore and Hagrid. But yeah. this week, I think it's more uh, a kind of almost a Marauder thing. And as we learn in a couple chapters, also Luna. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. That has a lot. So he sends Simon and uh, Kaylee off to go shopping together just to give them a, a time to be alone. And... Have a good time, you crazy kids. Mm-hmm. And Rivers says something to them, too. And then Simon's like, we're worried about River being unstable, and we ask him to help? <laughs> well, I love her. Harry says, they're a pretty cute couple. And River says, yeah, before Kaylee, I was worried the stick was becoming permanent. <laughs> Harry's like, excuse me? And she says, the stick up my brother's ass. <laughs> it was made of my yeah, guilt. Very uptight. Mm, yes. So then Harry and River have a hypothetical discussion about what would have happened if her brother hadn't broken her out and she was still there and would he still feel guilty and yeah. everything. Does she think that he'd be any less guilty for not breaking her out? <laughs> she shouldn't really worry about how guilty he feels. It's not her problem. And is the basic thrust of things, I think. But she doesn't really want to think about that. So, you know, goes back to picturing somebody naked. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and he says, I'm just short, shouldering more my fair share. And an awful lot of it, I eventually wasn't mine to carry. So oh, thank goodness. he's learned to get rid of a bit of it. And yeah, then we go back to picturing people naked. And... Then the captain and Zoe come back, and Harry helps bring in the the groceries. They've got eggs and different things. Uh, and then Zoe and, or well, River and Harry are going to go out, and Zoe sort of gets Shanghai into going with them, whether she wants to or not. And she doesn't particularly like Harry at all. She doesn't trust him and. Stuff like that. And <laughs> Harry, so Harry's walking between the two girls and puts his arms around their two shoulders. And Zoe says, you're going to want to move your arm before I break it. And Harry takes his arm off. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean. And then he asks River and River's got a cold look in her eyes too. And he's like, whoa, what's going on? You know, and he's, he apologizes and, and he, you know, I didn't mean I, to be aggravating your mood. I just am trying to be 
friendly here, you know, just chill out. And finally, he says, I'll just follow you 10 paces behind and just go wherever you guys are going. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> and they're like, you're going to go wherever we want to go. And yeah, anything. I, I'm at your mercy. And then they smile Dangerous at each other. Words. That was easy. And they've played him. Shopping. Yeah. And now we're going shopping. Oh, Harry. Poor Harry. There was enough truth in it that he bought it. So not a Slytherin. (laughs) Not in this fic, anyway. Yeah. So Zoe and River come back, and they're chatting like girls, and and Mal, Captain Mal says, Did you have a good time shopping, Harry? And he's like, He's like, you're on my list. And Zoe's moved up to number two. Mm Mm-hmm. And he does not approve of most of the dresses that uh, River was trying on. Thinks they're not very flattering. Yeah. And Harry went and got a part for Kaylee. He went and got one of the boots that he replaced or he fixed earlier. So, and the he River and Harry go to, for Kaylee because River's got a dress for Kaylee, and Kaylee has a dress for River, and oh, they just squeal and have a great time, and Harry gives her the boot. And they look very similar to each other. Yeah. So I guess they have similar taste. Yeah. And he's so proud of himself that he's got this part for her, and the captain's already picked up a couple, so... And then it turns out Mal already bought a new one, (laughs) so they've got a stock now. Yay! (laughs) Oh, these guys... It's like when you forget you have something in the pantry and buy new stuff and then go to put it away and there's already three of them. Ah, yes. That's my mother. My mother does that all the time. And I'm like, Mom, just call me because I know what's in the damn fridge. She never does. Mom goes shopping every other week and she always picks up like mayonnaise or something. The other day I was, okay, we have three three jars of mayonnaise outside and we've got four of brown sugar. No more brown sugar or mayonnaise for a while. So, oof, these, this chair is much more uncomfortable than my regular chair. Oh. But it's a whole lot cooler here than it would be in my house. Yeah. It's supposed to cool down to 70-something tomorrow, I think. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to cool down to a whole 89 tomorrow. Uh. But it's better than the 96 it was a few minutes. That's true. Oh, yeah, tomorrow's supposed to be 90. I don't think it's got up to that all year. We were 105.6, no, 106 point something yesterday. Oh, God. The sun. Let's see. Yeah. It's currently 26 here, which would be probably about 80 something. Let's see. Oh, that's, 79. Yeah. That's nice and cool. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it's warm for us. You've been pretty warm, haven't you? It's pretty warm everywhere, seems like. Yeah. Mm. About yeah. 30 Celsius, which I have no idea oh. what is in Fahrenheit. Hot. So it'd be eighty something. Yeah. To me, it feels like a mm, hundred and thirty, basically. Yeah. I'm made for the land of the ice and snow. Eighty, eighty's not bad. Anything over ninety is just too warm. Yeah. Anything over seventy yeah. is death to me. I I like to stay between fifty and sixty. Uh, yeah, seventy's nice. Fifty and sixty's a little chilly. 
One of my Facebook friends was out at midnight last night in tank top, still just as warm as could be. Oh, that's like when I was in D.C. two years ago. It stayed warm pretty pretty much mm-hmm. all night. It's like when I went down to Texas, it was it was just weird that it was 80-something degrees at night. It's like, how is it dark yeah, and also this warm? I, I don't... <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part of it. Yeah. In this case, the sun hasn't gone down here yet, so it, it will cool down eventually. But I'm usually like 26 is middle of the day, height of the sun kind of temperature, not, you know, evening. <laughs> yeah. Well, Iru, you'd like to hear about three or four o'clock in the morning, and I'll be down to about 70. It probably is here too, about four o'clock in the morning. But yeah. it still feels warm, and I'm sitting in the same tank top. Tank top that I'm wearing all day. Yeah. Oh. Look it down to 59. It's 5 a.m. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we get up early. Well, try to get up early and let the chickens out and pick blueberries and things before it gets too hot out in the garden. Because once the sun hits that garden hard, you can't be out there if it's warm. Yeah. And here that we are. It's so strange to hear about blueberries so early in the summer because blueberries are <laughs> autumn berry here. Oh, really? Uh, They're also a completely different species. I found out that American blueberries are not the same as blueberries. They're uh, not even blue. Uh, ours are blue. Well, are not on the inside. Are blueberries blue? No, oh. not on the inside. Do you, are your blueberries huckleberries? Uh, I have to Google that. Yeah, because that, that's wild blueberries here, are huckleberries. Is that what that is? It is. Because when yeah. I was in D.C., one of my housemates was from Portland-ish and was explaining about huckleberries to a girl from Spain, and she couldn't figure out what they were, and so we tried to find them, and we couldn't. We should have just told her they were blueberries. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. wild blueberries. Interesting. Ah. Google Pictures uh, shows pictures of both American blueberries, European blueberries, and definitely lingonberries and some blackberries that are not blackberries, and some red berries <laughs> that I have no idea what is. Probably Just red to confuse berries. you further. Yep. Well, the, uh, the huckleberries or the wild blueberries are much smaller than the, uh, the ones that we normally grow, but I do have a huckleberry so bush. They're so good. Yeah, we have one bush, but it really, really has a ton of fruit. And you're right, it won't be ready for another month or so. And we yeah, usually... They, they grow wild make, here. Mm-hmm, we make uh, tarts with them. They're quite mm-hmm. nice. The we have saskatoons around here. Bushes. Wait, a saskatoon is a plant? Yeah. It's, oh. a, it's a kind of berry. Well, bushes that have berries. Mm-hmm. Is that why Saskatoon is called Saskatoon? Yep, because there are a lot of those berries around that area. <laughs> and here, in a completely different province, like the the park that's like a little ways away from town is Saskatoon Lake Park, because there are Saskatoons around that lake. <laughs> there you go. Huh. And so can you just go pick them? Mm-hmm. Nice. We did the last time Mom and Dad were up. Yeah, that's I nice. haven't, because it's more... Of a chore for me to get out there, but mm-hmm. but they're tasty. I like them. Yeah, all berries are good. Well, most berries are good. I was I telling Mooney that that I ruined my batch of cream de caucus liqueur that I made with my currants 
because I misremembered my math and I thought it was a cup of vodka for every two cups of juice and it was supposed to be a cup of vodka for every three cups of juice. So it's way too vodka Well, it's not ruined. It's just undrinkable for normal human beings. Yeah. Well, I've we have enough currants out that I was able to bring in a third batch. So I'll just make this a huge batch. Yay, currants. <laughs> and send people liqueurs for Christmas or something because I'm going to have a ton of them. I've been stirring raspberry jam for two days now. Ooh, nice. So cold stirred today and uh, heated and boiled yesterday. Or I guess the day before. Timing is weird here. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That sounds good. Our I raspberries are cool. in the channel. Okay. Mm. We might let the listeners see them and we might not. Just depends on how I feel when I'm editing. <laughs> We're way off course. I'm going back to the story. <laughs> we have... Uh, Mal asking Harry if he has any ideas getting some work. And Harry's like, well, why not just stick with the Alliance? So he's like, that's a little vague. And so Harry starts needling the captain, calls him chicken, and says he's got a yellow belly to match his brown core. Mal's starting to get mad. And Harry's like, I'm just playing with you. And so he's like trying to change the subject and says, do you like stir fry? And Harry's like, yeah, usually, but not for me, not tonight or or river because I'm going to be working with her and she's not going to be able to eat. Yeah. Cause if there's, if they wind up doing unpleasant, unpleasant things inside her mind, it's helpful if there's less to throw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Aw, Trisha missed this. I know. And River's like, are we going to start that already? Yeah. She's like, you don't think it's too soon? And Harry says, you're comfortable enough around me to mock me and take advantage of me. So it's time to start digging and organizing in your brain. And I know your brother's going to be gone because he's taken Kaylee out for dinner. So he knows there won't be any interruptions because Simon is a little possessive and overprotective. Yes, he is. Yes. Just a little. see in the next chapter. So, Harry has her lay down on the cat on the cot so that when she when they finally come out of it and she wakes up, she doesn't have far to fall because she's going to be exhausted. And she wants to know if she's going to fall asleep. And he says, "Well, not what you're thinking. You're going to lay there and moving without you know for hours, but." I'm going to just force my way into your mind and we're going to explore a bit. And so uh, she wakes up to a remembrance quote dream. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. So she's doing legitimacy, right? Uh-huh. Aren't you mm-hmm. supposed to make eye contact? So wouldn't it be better if she had her eyes open and was... He opens her eyes? Yeah, but that's not the same. I don't know. It doesn't feel like the same thing. Yeah, well, he's... He, wants her, he wants her to be really relaxed or as relaxed yeah. as possible when he's doing this. So he just opens her eyes himself right before he's going to do it. So he gets eye contact and goes in. But... I guess. That just makes it a little bit easier. Mm. And so she's fairly young. I can't remember exactly how old. And it's Christmas morning. And so it's Simon comes in and wakes her up and... They're all excited. Let's go make mom and dad breakfast so that we oh can get our presents. Oh, dear. 
And, and then Harry's there and says, I see his haircut hasn't changed any. Because <laughs> yeah. Simon does have a very um, proper haircut. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know, uh, he asks where they, if she knows where they are. And he says, well, if you want to look at it that way, yes. And she said, well, how else would I look at it? Still on the bridge. I've broken eye contact with you and slumped back into my chair and you're still on the cot. But our consciousness, consciousness are both here in your memories. So, and he just randomly selected one that was a happy but not ecstatic memory, mm. so that they had a fairly calm place to start. Yeah, and as they've been discussing this, the scene has changed to a wooded pathway. Mm-hmm. And this is her conception of at least one part of her mind. Yeah, basically, this is her uh, nine and three quarters uh, place where Dumbledore met Harry. Kind of a thing. I was thinking the Wood Between Worlds from Narnia. That works, too. But it's it's the the way that her mind currently, at least, envisions the area where these kinds of generally pleasant memories are. Mm -hmm. And he... She says, you mean this isn't all of it? And he says no, and takes her to some other examples of different places. Like there's a, they're in a cell with just a little tiny bit of light. And Mm -hmm. then they're on a tiny rock in the middle of a great big lake of lava. And then. Oh, so these, all of these aren't actually memories. No. No. They're little places in her Category places. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. The only one she actually recognizes is the third one, which is the one of the, you know, treatment, quote unquote, uh, rooms mm-hmm. from the uh, the place where she escaped from. Yeah. And she feels fairly at the lava place. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where they start. Yeah. She says, it feels like I should be more afraid, but I'm not really. Mm -hmm. And he says, all right, if you're relatively comfortable there, let's take a look at that. And they find a disconcerting memory of her, you know, being in a fight and shooting someone and laughing about it, but then pull out and Harry says, that wasn't your memory. Mm -hmm. I can tell because you weren't moving like you. Right. And it's because she's fighting in this bar which is all fine. And then the bartender comes up with a shotgun and she takes the shotgun away and turns and shoots and ends up shooting a child. And that's what shocks her and surprises her because she's ended the life of this child. And mm-hmm. Harry says, it's not you. This isn't a, a full memory or a real memory. Yeah. And so. he figures out this lava lake with the little islands and floating blobs of memory are all the things that the Alliance has tried to implant in her to give her extra skills. Mm-hmm. So this is a memory from somebody else having that fight, and now she knows how to fight like that. Right. And he figures, I've got to get her out of here. So he says, I'm going to break okay. the link. Don't hold on. Don't fight me on this. We have to get out of here. And See, this is why it's good to talk about this, because this stuff is starting to make a lot more sense. But then again, it was late and I was half asleep, so that might be part of it. Yeah. And so then she bursts into hysterical tears and cries all over Harry. And she says, you must think I'm a monster. And he 
I don't think you killed that boy. And even if I did, I don't think that would make you a monster. And so he explains how he can tell it's not her memory because it doesn't move like her, as Scott said. And they look at a different part, right? So they look at the, her own memory of the fight she had in a bar, which I think they're, they're taking the one from the movie and they're like, see, these are similar motions between the two memories, but you're doing it much better than this one that we just saw before. Mm -hmm. So this is what you learned from that memory. Right. And she says, so you can't fix this. And he says, I can't fix anything. I'm just here to help you understand what's happening in your mind and, you know, adjust to how to sort things and be able to deal with it so that it's not always consuming you and overwhelming you. And so basically he's just going to turn to occlude her mind and put things in boxes and different things like that. Yeah. And break all the triggers that the Alliance has implanted. Although they want to leave the one that puts her to sleep for now, just in case it comes in handy again. (laughs) Yeah. And, hey, look, it's been four hours. Have an apple. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you hungry? And she's like, no, and I'm not tired either. (sighs) She passes out. She's out cold. Yeah. And then he opens the door and uh, lets Simon in. Mm -hmm. Who's been hovering. Because that's what Simon does. He hovers. Before that, oh, they're talking about uh, finding a way to implant memories, and all I can think is, is this Inception now? <laughs> <laughs> or or Tom Riddle screwing with people. We still haven't gotten far enough in the story to see how the Alliance actually did that, because they're apparently not using magic. Right. Because Harry figures he would be able to tell if they were using the same techniques that he's been using just now. Mm. That wasn't in... The show, right? No. We we, we know, know that they did stuff to her right. that, that yeah. either increased her abilities or did other things, but we have no uh, text on what that stuff is. Right. right. We just Except know that- the, the trigger word to get her to go to sleep and, and, the, and the what's the, the thing they did with Kelly. Yeah. We know she has trigger triggers words. implanted and certain it's things. And that she could read stuff that she shouldn't have been able to. And uh, that's why she's trouble for them. But we don't know really anything about the training program, if there is one, or what the experiments entailed, except that, you know, they were at some point strapped down into horrifying looking chair things. Um, (laughs) And that they got rid of her amygdala. But yeah. And that the scary people wear blue blue gloves. Yes. We also saw a flash of that earlier um, as they were coming, as they were coming out of the fake memory or the memory that isn't hers. Um, She, you know, the, the emotions were strong enough that she also saw a flash of the um, two of the agents with the blue gloves and then jumped into Harry's head and saw a flash of Voldemort, although she doesn't know who that is. Right. No, but we do. Yes, we did. And that's when Harry's like, okay, we're waking up now. Then he goes, he leaves Simon with River and well, pretty much tries to get Simon to go back to Kaylee. And he goes to go find the captain. He says, I know who I want to steal from. 
And Mal goes, who? And he says, Flu Son. And Mal goes, what? Oh, great. Steal from the giant corporation. That always goes well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a second, at the for beginning of this chapter, I thought that they meant that Mal was saying you didn't know what it was. And I'm like, how do you not know what they are? Yeah, no. When he's saying, you know, how is saying you wanted to steal from Blue Sun any different from saying you wanted to steal from the Alliance? Yeah, because they work together closely. Mm-hmm. And so Harry asks permission to speak freely and then you know, goes on to say what he's thinking of. It's like, I just want to do a, a robbery with no casualty and actually no knowledge that they've even been robbed. Yeah. And he hasn't quite figured out how to do that yet, but he will eventually. And, you know, he's aware that there's all sorts of people that work for Blue Sun, and a good chunk of them are just, you know, ordinary people doing their jobs. But there are definitely people involved somewhere, particularly the R&D department, that have these, you know, terrible things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fund private research and things like that. And apparently the, at least in this universe, the blue gloves are the um, agents for the R&D. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're the cleanup crew for Basically. all their mad science that goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, River gets mad because Terry says something about her being a clue. And she's like, I'm just a clue to you. And he's like, no, or particular or odd or whatever kind, gentle euphemism you'd prefer. And uh, bug house friendly is what they come up with. Yeah, bug house friendly tendencies. <laughs> so Harry's supposed to come up with a plan, robbing the blue sun, and Mal will keep his ear out for any other jobs that they might be able to pick up. Yeah, and he basically winds up making Mr. Universe come up with the plan instead, or the the AI version of Mr. Universe that he carries around in his pocket. Right. But Mr. Universe can't get in, so there's too many firewalls. Even if he could get through, which he can, they'd know he'd done it and they'd find him. So Harry has to be able to go in in person and get him in past the firewalls. Once he's inside the building, then he can do what he needs to do. So Harry gets River to sleep because he can't be very far away from without her mind screaming. Mm-hmm. I believe he stupefies her several times and then sneaks out and goes to pull a little robbery on his own. Does he apparate like onto a spaceship or something? Is that what he, he apparated does? On he his had already earlier. That's true. So, yeah. And, and Mr. Universe is accusing him of uh, the fact that he did that being what messed up the part that he had to fix earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's because, no uh, proof of that one way right. or the other, but but he's convinced him to just sneak out normally and get quite a ways away from the ship before operating or anything of that sort. Onto a potentially moving spaceship. Yeah, but first... Well, no, they, they're parked. Well, they're on yeah, a planet. True. First, they have another brain session with River because that will also help her sleep. And they go in and... Uh, He's this time Simon's watching and interrupts him before he can even get to Legilimens because he's mumbling something weird. Uh, Yes, that's part of the spell. (laughs) His Latin's a little off. 
Don't interrupt me. Don't shake us. It's important. Just leave us alone. Because if you mess with us, you're going to mess something up. And so he tries to sit on his hands. <laughs> and he finds her in a tree. Nine mm-hmm. feet off the ground. And she's smiling. She does a very nice backflip out of said tree. Mm-hmm. He wants to know if it was a conscious choice, grace, innate style. And she says, what can I say? I'm just innately graceful. So Harry, uh... Does a matrix move. Yeah. Full backflips. She just, you know, pouts at him, show off. And it's because he's in her dream mind. And so you can do anything you want there as long as you believe you can. So he can jump way up into the air and do black backflips or whatever else he wants to do because he believes that he can. Yeah. So she makes herself taller. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah. And so now they decide to maybe explore that third room, the one that she recognized. Mm -hmm. Figure out what memories are anchored in there. Yeah. And he doesn't have any feelings, but she has feeling. She can feel something connected Mm -hmm. with that room. And there's blood all over the floor, um, but it didn't happen. Yeah. She's trying to... You know, you said I can control anything in here. Why can't I make the blood go away? And he said, basically, because it's somehow important to what's connected to this. Your subconscious mind has put this blood here. And until we can understand why it's here and what it's for, we can't get rid of it. Yeah. And she's getting a little miffed and wild because it's my mind. I make the rules. I decide what happens. And Ari's like, yeah, it is. But you got to also let your mind do what it needs to do. And she doesn't want to let the bad memories control. And he says, how do you know they're bad? And she's like, Because it's a creepy room with blood on the floor. Why else? And he says, you know, for all we know, this could be cranberry juice, or maybe you did a life-saving medical procedure here and somebody bled on the floor. We have no idea why this is here. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to find out. And so now we have River strapped to the, well, she's sitting in a chair with her legs tucked against her, her chest. And there's a man in a lab coat walking around. And Harry says to her, I'm here. You're not alone. And the man comes in and wants to know how she's feeling. And she's told that once the morphine wears off, she's going to be very painful. And she asks about her brother. And the doctor's like, your brother's a busy man. Don't worry about him. If there's a problem, we would have notified them, but there's not. Uh-huh. You know, Have you noticed any out-of-the-ordinary experiences to external stimuli? Hunger, thirst, anger, happiness, sexual urges. And she says, everything's slow. And so he's going he's gonna to bring in something to do constro- controlled stimuli to see how she reacts and rivers and Harry's still, you know, I'm here. Don't worry. I'm still here. And just letting her know that he's, she's not there alone. And so the doctor comes back with a video, a TV and videos. And he's, uh, except it's the wrong video. It's not what he intended to show her is he is instead proof of all the things he's been doing to other, um, patients. Yeah. And so and she proceeds she to kill up. him. She does. You watched us without permission. 
watch them. You watch no more. And yeah, she just takes them apart. She's very good at stabbing people in the eye. Mm-hmm. And the other other people come in and say, oh, well, I'd say that's pretty good progress. You know, she's obviously taking in the, uh, you know, killing machine lessons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Harry's trying to get her attention. He's like, are you okay? And she's like, I, I don't know. And he says, you took that better than I thought you would. Do you want to try more? <laughs> and he, she says, uh, what do you mean watching that? What that? And he says, were you not conscious inside your own body? And I mean, I thought I sensed your observations. They were a little stale when you got violent. And then all of a sudden she starts to remember. Whoa. And he wants to know if the video triggered memories. And she nods and processes it. Yeah. So they figure out that even while she's inside her mind going through memories and things, the triggers and such will work in those situations. They're basically going to do all their working through of what the triggers are and what they do inside her mind, where she's not actually going to physically do anything. Right. And then they come out. And uh, Harry says that she'd made good progress. And Simon's like, really? And Harry's like, yep, good news. But let's get some food and water, and then she's going to want to sleep. And he says, good news. What happened? And he says, I stabbed the doctor's eyes out and broke his neck with my bare foot. <laughs> oh, that's great, I suppose. And... She says, no, Simon, that's bad. But yeah. Here's the oh, actual good funny. news. Unless, like, little accidentally stab your eyeball falls out, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that is good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something you generally want to avoid. Especially with her, because she's fast. And when she, she can kill you be. with her brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Harry... Oh, I was watching a documentary, though, and about gouging people's eye out and there's just a sliver like a couple of millimeters of skull but like around your eyeball and then if you hit it wrong it goes straight to your brain so yes if you don't do it right well she wanted him dead anyhow so well yes yeah so harry has stunned her um put a silencing charm on her and a muggle repelling charm so that nobody really will go in and check on her. And then he sneaks off the ship. And With his invisibility cloak that's not his family heirloom, which made me very sad. I know. His is lost. I know. He lost yeah. everything. He did. Well, when you're naked inside a ring, that's what happens. That's true. Although, no, Deathly Hallows hadn't come out yet, so he hadn't lost everything that we know of. Because he didn't lose the broom or what have you. Mm-hmm. So Harry sneaks in underneath the invisibility cloak, uh, and the guard hears the door shut and looks around, but he can't see anything. And then Harry stuns him as well. <laughs> Harry's having a great old time with stunning. And he mutes all the alarms, and he puts an illusion on the monitor so that they show, they just sort of loop. Somebody's going to figure that out. Mm, nah. And Mr. Universe, I love Mr. Universe ear or head or whatever and he's like okay turn right turn left somebody's coming hide you know it's perfect uh 007 or or 
Mission Impossible stuff going on here. <laughs> Let's see. And the, didn't go they, wrong, they make it nice. to. Um, so Harry is going through and following the instructions. He stuns a couple of people, and then they finally get to a big door with an airlock and all these warnings. And he just knocks on it, and there's six heavily armed people in there. Mm-hmm. So he immediately stuns two of them and then drops to the ground and so that all the things that they do to try and take out whoever just stunned some guy don't actually hit him. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are they doing on the other side of an airlock? Guarding it. Wouldn't they be dead? Not no, that kind of airlock. It's, oh. it's a clean room kind of thing, I think. Mm-hmm. It's so that nothing can get in or out, but it's not like vacuum on one side. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not like outer space on the other side. Although you can, I think, survive like a minute in outer space, sun's oxygen or something to that effect, if I recall from reading something rather. True. The biggest problem is probably cold at first, and if you exhale, you're in trouble. Oh dear. So if you ever get sucked out into space, do not exhale and don't breathe. Do not open your eyes and do not breathe out. I'd rather just not get sucked into space, thanks. But yes, naturally. Well, well, yes. So he he stuns everybody and Mr. Universe is like, that was disappointing. Because he does it so fast and then somebody shrieks, call the ambulance, he's breathing. And Harry forgot that there was an unconscious man in the hallway. So he has to go and obliviate people and bring them in. And Mr. Universe has got to delete the video of his encounter there. Yeah. But he does get Mr. Universe into the system, which was the whole reason he went in and did what he was doing. Mm. Yeah. And he basically does the, he uses obliviation like the neural laser from uh, uh, Men in Black. (laughs) You fell asleep and accidentally set up all, set off all the alarms. (laughs) Yeah. But obliviate doesn't work like that. It could, we just don't really know. It can work however you want it to work. I guess. That wasn't what Lockhart was going to do with it, but that's only one possible use of Obliviate. Yeah, I mean, Lockhart. Because he would Obliviate people and still, and, and he modified their memory so that they didn't realize what, you know, they had done. Yeah, but I think Obliviation and modifying memories are different incantations. Mm, that could be. Uh, doesn't, isn't that what Hermione uses, though, when she's modifying That's her movie parents? canon. That's movie canon. Well, we know that she does modify her parents' memories. Does it not say what spell she's using? She, in the, in the movie, she does obliviate because we see her do it. In the books, we don't see her do it because we're not with Hermione Present. at the time. And oh, okay. all she so says is I modified my parents' memories. Modified her parents' memories. Doesn't, memory, doesn't say how. She, okay. They do yeah. call the Obliviators, like, that's that's the name of the squad. They're the Obliviators. Right. And they're not obviously not running around making muggles into vegetables. They're just making it mm-hmm. so they didn't see some magical thing happen. Right. So they're right. the same thing. They're the same people who uh, did the Obliviate on Mr. What's-His-Face at the Quidditch World Cup. And that right. just made him forget, which makes sense. Because but they had done so many, done it on him so many times, his mind was sort of getting mushy. Well, too. I don't know if it, I don't know if you need to do it more than once. I just think that it was such a traumatic thing mm-hmm. 
that it, you know, it was just too much versus because that wouldn't make sense if you had to. But he'd already had to be memory. Tra- uh, well, oh, you mean happened? in general? Yeah. Yeah. So by but... the time that they did it, he, his, my, to quote, um, oh, what was that movie that we watched for POV? Um, the space, the kid space movie. But anyhow, to quote that movie, which I can't remember, uh, you know, his brain leaked. Yeah, I suppose. What was that movie? I missed the bit where you were describing the movie, so I can't be of any help. <laughs> this this space space movie we watched it for POV. The little boy that's Flight space. of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. Thank you. I knew you'd know what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. My brain no longer works. You should watch it. It's very good. What did you say it was called? Flight of the Navigator. Okay. It's an 80s movie. It was one of Ryan's favorites from childhood, so we watched it. I think it was Danielle's. Oh, it might have been, yeah. Uh, Ryan had the airplane movie. I can't remember what that No, it was... It was an old... Well, yeah, it was an old... Not not the movie YouTube called it, Airplane. Not, it was yeah. a movie with airplanes in it. Yeah. Um, I haven't it seen was, that in um, a long time. I haven't I ever seen that, actually. the first and only time a year and a half ago when I had friends from Australia visiting, and we spent half a day making pizza and watching Airplane. Huh. <laughs> that sounds like fun. It was a Isn't there game. a sequel? Yes. There is. Oh, my God. And the only line or the only joke from the movies that I knew, which I thought was from the first one, turned out to be from the sequel, and I spent all the movie waiting for it and didn't come. <laughs> well, there you go. Then you didn't spoil your surprise. <laughs> what was it? Striker, 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 striker. And then someone being striked. Ah, yes. Ah. The only joke that I think I know that comes from Airplane is, um, of course I'm serious and don't call me Shirley. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that is definitely Airplane. Yes, yes, it is. Which I'm sure I have seen used by Sirius Black in Fix. Well, yes. Because, you know, why not? So he obliviates the guy at the front desk and then goes back to the Firefly goes back to Serenity and sneaks in again. They have no idea he's been gone. No. And he scrutifies the cloak just for good measure before he hides it back in the... and sits down and makes sure that River hasn't woke up or had any, you know, problems while he was gone. And he starts giving her slight innervates, trying not to scare her awake. And then he accidentally gives her too much and she jumps up. She's like all wild and unseeing. And he's like, sleep well? She's like, go log? And he says, well, Mm -hmm. I'd like to go to sleep now if you're ready to get up. All that chest, it's so tiring, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) My brain muscles. And then we go to chapter 10, job processing. In which mm. Jane has a suggestion for a job they should take. They mm-hmm. should steal some guano china. Yes. And Her- Mal wants to know, or Harry, one of them, wants to know what it's made out of. And he's like, you know, it's like bone china. But it's better, better than bone china. And yeah. he's like, whatever. And yeah. 
I think what's happened is he's described it as guano china, uh, so they know what it's made out of, but he doesn't. Right, he like, has no idea. Do you what even know what this is? You don't yeah. recognize this word, do you? No, I know it makes her some fine goram china. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. Harry says, well, how about we rob the blue sun? How about you do my plan instead? We'll and... make food, but we won't stamp it. So we'll have all this food. I don't that... get this. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, we're going to break into a factory and take over their night shift. And Mel's like, you know what I said? It, when we call it a job, I didn't actually want a job. Yeah. <laughs> don't really want to work. But so... no, what the, the idea is... The Alliance has these um, processed, like, protein bricks that people can eat and it'll feed a family for a week or what have you. Um, But they're all stamped and injected with things that uh, the Alliance can track. So they're, like, uh, they're they're traceable so that you can only have them if you've, you know, paid the right people and done the right things to get them. and what he wants to do is take those steps out so they can just grab some blocks of food that are not illegal because they don't have an alliance stamp on them, and right. you can just hand them out whenever. How would they not be illegal if there's no stamp on them was also the other thing I didn't get. Well, the stamp is how they know that that belongs to the alliance. Right. So wouldn't so it be if, illegal to not have the stamp? Well, only if they find you with huge quantities of it, I think. I think it's more like you could make your own in small enough quantities so that I, I don't really know. My but guess is that maybe they, they the like author. make better versions of it or something. Uh-huh. And okay. so the, the stuff that comes from their plants has to be stamped with their thing. But I don't know. I, that's a good question. Uh-huh. But at any yeah. rate, the idea is to take this away from the Alliance, and he's got Mr. Universe hacking some things so that they won't actually notice the amount that's missing. And mm-hmm. if they do, it'll track back to research and development instead. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And he's also, Mr. Universe is providing them with fake ID. And but so that they can't all, all have can, their All ID. I can think listening to this is, when have any of our plans ever worked? Yeah. That was before they had Harry making plans, although... Well, yeah. Harry did make plans. Yeah. So they have to have nine people, though. Well, eight people, the the guy that's going to be there, the supervisor that's going to be there. So they have to get everybody to go. And Mal's not so sure about this idea. <laughs> but he says, if you can get Inara and Kaylee and Simon to go along, then I'll okay it. And Jane's like, or we could just, you know, go for the guano chai. Nope. Like, no. And yeah. Mr. Universe is making fake interview and hiring uh, <laughs> for the fictional people, and they have to be sort of staggered because it'll look weird if everybody got hired at the same time. That's true. And all of a sudden, Simon yells, Harry, what did you do? And he's like, what? And she won't wake up. And Harry's like, oh, okay, I thought happen. Don't try to wake us. Give me four hours. Simon's like freaking out because he can't wake her up. And Harry's like, it's okay. I can deal with it, but I might need a little more time. So just relax. 
and relax mm. is sort of a foreign word for Simon. Yes, but luckily Kaylee's there to, to translate. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she takes him off to have wild monkey sex to distract him. Yeah. And relax him. And relax him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we skipped over the bit um, where everyone is telling Jane that his plan is Gose, um, and not in the sense that of meaning that it's a bad plan necessarily, but literally your plan is revolves around poop. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't get it. No, because he doesn't understand what the, guano is. The, tr- the, the, the English transliteration, I think, isn't quite right, but yeah. Yeah, they're, they're using what they actually used in the Firefly scripts, but that's no guarantee it's anywhere close to right. I don't think it... Well, I think... I don't remember. Mostly because I wasn't paying attention to the to the subtitles. But I think, I, I think like, the... I don't think there's supposed to be an S at the end of the first word. Because now it just looks like German or something. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yes, go, going back to the scene with Simon and Kaylee, uh, they are both there at this point, so Harry can talk to Kaylee and make it work. And, and he a- asks Simon to bring his translator along uh, more often, because it's, it's handy. Yeah. Kaylee makes things work a little easier. Uh, Simon says, I don't like you. And Kaylee says, my boyfriend is very grateful that you're able to help his sister and very frustrated that he is unable to help his sister. He doesn't show jealousy well and could come out harsher than he means. No, no, really, I, I don't like him. <laughs> At all. Tactful translation. Yeah, well, Kaylee's, Kaylee's good that way. And he, she leads him out and he's doesn't this seem odd to you? Don't you think we should be worried more? Nope. You're worried enough for the rest of us, including River. So she drags him out to go back to her place. Yeah, and Harry promises to let them know as soon as he's back and anything happens. Mm-hmm. And he goes to River's tree, and she's not there. So he tries to locate her by focusing on her and he can't find her that way either. So he, and he's, uh, cursing his own lack of abilities, at legitimacy and awkwardness because he never was very good at it. He's pretty good in context now because he's, knows how to do it, but many people were much better than he is. Yeah. And he did apparently go back and study it a little bit eventually once he'd started basically learning all the things when he's, you know, in his nineties and hundreds and what have you, but he still never really took to it as well as he did other things. Yeah. And he finally finds, finds her on a merry-go-round by uh, following the feeling of innocence. Yeah. And he interrupts her and she says, what? I was perfectly fine. I was, you know, going through, all of these things and I've categorized stuff and look, here's my, I've made like an elevator or here's a section where the memories are pretty good. And here's a section down here where they're not great. And here's oh a section God, down here that has all the triggers. And I've just put those in cages and I'm leaving them alone for now. Mm-hmm. And says, great. You've done some good work. Nice. Now wake up. And she tries and can't. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> oops. And so he, he makes her a button, a big red button, and all she has to push it, and she'll wake up. 
Yeah, it's an adrenaline shot button, basically. Mm-hmm. And she slams her hand down on it and shoots herself up with way too much of it again. Yeah, and she's bouncing off the ceiling. And she's like, let me guess, it's been four hours. And he's like, no, actually, I haven't even been in there for very long at all. And she, why is it always four hours, wants to know? And he says, because it's... Um, it's what's happening from the, here inside. It's almost like he's at the other end of the ship. So he's got to protect her. Yeah. Four hours is about the time it takes for his uh, external occlumency thing to wear off and mm-hmm. have her start being able to read things again. And that's what tends to wake her up at that point. Yeah. Which seems a little bit odd to me because I think in the previous ones, like there were specific things they were doing in the memories that were waking them up. And then it was four hours, but I don't know how many other sessions they've had in between these uh, scenes. So yeah, that's a fair point. And she has gotten a glimpse of a bug eyed blonde from Harry's mind instead of her own. What Jack that is. We do. And she wants to know if she's his sister or his girlfriend, and he refuses to say. And technically it's neither, which confused me slightly on reading the next chapter, but I guess what they're going for is she was his friend and then immediately his wife. There wasn't a girlfriend, period. I don't know. Mm. Or maybe he just meant that he, she was no longer a girlfriend. Possibly. That might make more sense. But uh, he explains what he did with the trigger. And then they, once they're awake, he, she basically passes out again and he calls uh, Simon and Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And of course, Simon wants to come right away. And Kaylee's like, well, just at least get your pants. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Simon. Hmm. He's a very, very focused individual. Lucky Kaylee. Hmm. Depends on what he's focused on, I guess. <laughs> and he explains what he's done, and, you know, he's implanted this trigger. It's for her so that she can wake herself up. And, you know, she is sleeping now. You can do all the tests you like, but she's it's a normal sleep. You could move her to the infirmary if you want, but it's probably fine that she stays on this cot here. And eventually Simon agrees with him. And that's the end of that chapter. So this chapter is sort of where we start to get a bit more into plot. Well, well, we have in the last few as well, but this is this is the first time Harry really interacts with Zoe for any um, extended okay. period of time. So it was. Sad. And we get Harry and Zoe being sad. Yes, although he apparently has the advantage of sobering charms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he he gets to the kitchen because he's going for a glass of water or what have you and discovers Mal completely passed out on the table mm-hmm. and Zoe. Zoe just sort of sitting there with her head down and wrapped her, with her hand wrapped around a bottle of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and he wants to know if it, Walsh's uh, anniversary, if it's their anniversary or birthday. And she's like, excuse me? And she's, he says, well, when he today so it has to be one of these other things and she just pretty much tells him to go away she doesn't want to talk to him 
and he doesn't take the hint. Yeah. He or he might just... understand the hint, but doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Yes. He says, you know, with this sort of thing, people who've gone through it need to talk to each other. And the captain tries, but he's mourning his friend. He's not mourning a partner the same way. And I've done that, so I at least understand that much. And she doesn't believe him, because at this point he looks like, you know, he's 20, if that. Right. Um, But, you know, he's lived for 140 years and all the stuff. (laughs) Yeah, he says, I got married when I was 27. (laughs) She's like, you're not even 27 yet. (laughs) And But they start talking, and he pretty much says... I'll tell you my story if you tell me yours. And she's just intrigued enough to do it. Yeah. And besides, it'd be too much work to get up and go somewhere else. (laughs) So he wants to know when she first met him. And basically it was he was being hired to fly the, the ship, and she didn't like him very much. It was kind of a hate, Mm -hmm. love-hate relationship starting out. Uh, and we we saw some of this in the series. We got to, you know, see when they hired him and hired their new mechanic. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, and apparently he had this he, terrible mustache. Yes, he did. Yep. Horrible. She called it a lip ferret. <laughs> yep. And they got drunk one night in bed, and he woke up and realized he was in bed with her. And was terrified for his life because she's a scary gal. And oh, yeah. she fell in love with him because he cried like a baby. <laughs> and he was deathly afraid of her. And she didn't know why, but that's when she fell in love with him. Mm. And Harry says, I really wish I could have him. I have a feeling. She says, you would have probably played dinosaurs with him. And Harry's like, oh. I forgot about that. Dinosaurs? She said he was such a man-child. Love these plastic dinosaurs. And Harry's like, but, well, yeah, they were dinosaurs. (laughs) She's like, oh. So then he talks about Luna. And I had forgotten it was Luna, not Ginny in this. So when I got to this last night, I was like, whoa, Luna, cool, okay. Yeah, that was a surprise. Well, it wasn't a complete surprise. I was, I was putting the pieces together, but I don't know if I've ever seen a Harry Luna fic. No, yeah. I've seen a few, but I didn't know this was one until this scene. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she Luna could have been just a friend in the previous scene where he was saying, she's neither my sister nor my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But. And so he talks a little bit about his childhood and how the Dursleys called him freak because they wanted to hurt him, and she said... You know, that he should take his freakishness and embrace it and not to let his uncle's standards ruin what wonderful thing he had. Mm -hmm. And she told him to make a list of all the things he wanted to do or just the things he wanted to do and the things that he wanted to enjoy and people he liked and things like that because after the war, when he survived, he didn't know what to do because he didn't expect to survive. And he put Luna down on the list, and then he couldn't find anything else that could match that. So the only thing on the list was her. I don't know whether to be sad or happy. (laughs) Yeah. 
And he says, I saw her as close to perfection as... And Zoe smirks and says, and yet she married you. (laughs) It's like, well, everybody's got faults and flaws. And he talked about how people picked on her and they called her loony. Mm -hmm. He feels like she was too accepting because she never stood up to anybody about Mm -hmm. it. Then maybe he was too overreacted too much because apparently she liked to hear people gossiping about her, but she never, they never would when he was around. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, she liked hearing, and that sounds like something totally that Luna would, you know, like, and he says that he failed Luna because he said that he would always protect her. And apparently got, one time she got kidnapped. Yeah. And he didn't manage to, protect her from being kidnapped, although he did go track her down and kill 57 men, apparently. No, only 53. Um, oh, yes. Well, that's only. much better. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least they stopped kidnapping his wife after that. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they did sort of learn their lesson. Although, you would think they would have learned that early on. You will. Sometimes you got to get hit with a, a big stick before you learn. Mm-hmm. So, so he says... I miss Walsh. Sometimes it feels like I miss him more now than I loved him when he was here. And I know that sounds awful, but... And Harry says, it doesn't sound awful. You need to realize those aren't even different things. Missing him now is how you love him. Yeah. And Zoe asks how long they were married. He says, well, you probably don't believe half of this conversation, and you might not remember it, so uh, 115 years. (laughs) And then he tells her that if she trusts, he'll keep her from having a hangover. In the- and so he... Except she won't remember that. Probably not. He uh, stuns her and then he <laughs> takes her to bed. To, not, takes her to her cabin to put her to bed. And Jane happens to see him with her floating behind him. He's like, Harry? Yeah. Did I just see you walk into that wall over there Probably. Was Zoe floating behind you? Or you might have. So that wasn't a hallucination? Nah, let's go with hallucination. (laughs) Okay. And by the way, you're still hallucinating now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're real pretty. Yeah. But this is all a dream. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Night. And then we have standard operating procedure where... Kaylee walks in, and Mal's asleep at the table, drooling and just a mess. But Harry also hit him with the sober-up charm, so he doesn't have a hangover oh, either. No, he doesn't have a oh. He's like, how's your headache? Or she gives him water for his headache, and he's like, what headache? I don't have a headache. Like, Wait a minute. He's like, ah, it must be my lucky day. And Zoe comes in with a smile. How is your headache? Don't have one. Must be my lucky day. Zoe, you've got something funny on your face right there. What? And she's like, you're smiling. And she says, I also have a gun. It's in my holster. Loaded with bullets. Don't mess with me, Captain. <laughs> yeah. He says, yes, I've seen your gut a lot. It's just, I haven't seen a smile in a while. Yeah. So, and... And then she says, he says, okay, now why did you leave me out here to get awoken and laughed at by everybody else? And she's like, I, way too easy. I don't remember going to bed. 
And Jane comes in and says, oh, that's because Harry floated you there. <laughs> and they don't believe him at all. Maybe I was hallucinating, he thinks. Yeah, maybe, says Simon. And then Harry comes in, and they, uh, well, before Harry comes in, Zoe says that Harry and he, his wife got kidnapped, and he killed a whole bunch of people. Unless that was the whiskey talking. So, they, uh, Kaylee has to go save Simon, but she's happy that Zoe's smiling. And then, yeah. <laughs> Kaylee's, in, or River's bothering Harry. Harry's asleep, but he has the ham cubes in his pocket. So she yells his name, and he throws the ham cube at her, and she catches it in her mouth. And she's like, I don't know how he does this. He's really asleep, but he can still hone in on the sound of my voice and do it. And, of course, the captain walks in and gets smacked in the eye with one because he walks in front of it as it's coming. And he's not very happy. It's just a ham cube. It's just a ham cube. But the ham cube stings his eyes. Well, yeah, I suppose. And finally, Harry wakes up. And he's like, what? What? I'm sleeping here. And he says, Captain, have you seen a mirror since you woke up? And he says, no, I haven't. And the way you're chucking ham cubes, I may never see her again. I'm sorry. I thought it was just River bugging me. And he says, I need to talk to you, Harry. Sure, what's up? And Never a good phrase from an authority figure. <laughs> yeah, so River leaves the little boys alone so that they can talk. And they end up in Mal's cabin so that they, he can clean himself up a bit. And then Harry cleans himself up a bit too. But Mal looks pretty bad. Um, so they're talking about... Mal asks Zoe if she'd slept with Harry. And so now she's pissed at him. And Harry's like, well, I can fix it, but you have to trust me. And Mal's like, what do you mean you can fix it? And she said, he says, I can get her to forgive you. And so they go back up to where she is. And Harry's like, so I, uh, he, I want you to know that he came in and, he, and now he's going to apologize to you on bended knee. And he's also going to pay for your shopping expedition today. Or you're going to get to go to the spa and all of this stuff. And the captain's not very happy about all this, but it gets gets him forgiven. So he goes along with it. He's absolutely incredulous that she talked about Wash with Harry. But the two of them, they had a good time. Well, I don't know that they had a good time, but they did exchange stories most of the night. Yeah, and Harry, Harry says, you know, everybody seems to think I'm going to be replacing somebody. Mm -hmm. like, you're worried I'm going to replace you as Zoe's best friend. Simon's worried I'm replacing him as River's big brother. River's worried I'm replacing her as the dangerous, crazy pilot. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not here to replace anybody. I just want to fit in my own space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he wants to be just Harry. Just Harry. That's usually what he wants. Mm -hmm. the, then the next day they're getting ready, or next time that we, as we move along in the chapter, they're getting ready to go to the processing plant. <laughs> and of course they need code names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mr. Universe and Harry are, are arguing over who picked all the code names. But Jane is very excited to come. And he likes to just say it, Rambo. Rambo! And uh, Rivers Brook. Um, 
Do we know what the captain is? I can't remember. Rambo! That's all I hear. And they go and meet Dick Johnson, but his friends call him Wang, and he's the chief foreman for the shift. Um, Larry, Harry is Larry Lovegood, because, yeah, that works. Interesting. Rambo. We've got the newlyweds, Mr. and Mrs. Sal, and Laquisha Azar. So Sal is Mal. And, he, and Harry's kind of married off to Nar. <laughs> Probably doesn't make her very happy. They're newlyweds. <laughs> um, we're calling Zoe Peaches because she doesn't Brittany Cocoa Puff. <laughs> I don't blame her. And Harry goes in and stuns this Wang guy and comes back in and he says, All right, we're good to go. Let's go. And they all go into their positions and they start doing all these different things. It takes a little bit for Anara to get the uh, the stuff just right. It's sort of slushy at the beginning, but before long they've got it going. And they're getting pallets of the stuff and loading it on the ship. And everything is going fine until Mr. Universe says, Oh, by the way! Somebody just showed up. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh. Nope. And it's an operative. Two operatives. Or maybe two. Make that two operatives. Yep. And this last, well, this is chapter 14, which is Scary Harry. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And Harry's like, all right, Captain, just let me deal with this. You guys keep going what you're doing, what you're supposed to be doing, and just let me do it. And... He's like, okay, Harry, tell me you've got this. Yeah, don't worry. I got it. Of course you Trust does. me. And so the operatives know Miss Tam, River. Your presence is as surprising as it is volatile. And River's just like, can I hurt him? No, River. First we're going to be diplomatic. Then you can hurt him. And so it turns out that these two guys are and they're the brother of Mr. Wang. And uh, he was supposed to call their mother, didn't, because he's been stunned. So she got worried and sent the two brothers off to investigate. And they are very happy that they did, because they are going to apprehend River, and they're going to be, I'm in on the totem pole. Uh-huh. Or so they think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And they think, hmm, he, he's refusing to say who he is, uh-huh. and the... One in green says, I think he may be Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how do they know who Harry ghost. Potter is? Well, because I'm sure there's uh, some sort of warning out about him because he escaped custody. But I thought they didn't remember him. Mm, that could be a question. Because they obliviate, he obliviated everybody but Weatherby in the first chapter. That's true. So this might be a little problem this one. Mm-hmm, unless... The, Unless weather be told, know, blue sun had bugs or something yeah, in the closed maybe. door meeting. But yeah, that's interesting. It'll be we'll have to see whether that plot hole gets closed or if that's something to ask Nanjon about. Yeah, let's see. I'll make myself a note. Okay. There was something else we were going to ask him. The one man Harry calls into the thin air. Frank, you got any ideas here? The operative in green says, if Miss Tam goes peacefully, it'll look favorable towards the rest of you. That's as diplomatic as we're capable of being. And Harry says, 
If you know Miss Tam, you know she never goes peacefully. Mm-hmm. Like Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm sure Dumbledore goes peacefully sometimes, just not that time. Harry says that you guys think you've called for backup and there should be here in about five or ten minutes. And they're like, five minutes, comes the voice in Harry's pocket. And uh, I'm sorry to tell you that your call didn't go through. None of your calls went through and your backup's not. They're like, he's bluffing. Nope. Not so much. What are you supposed to be able to accomplish through diplomacy? We still have to take her in, and you're all going to have to be tried for something. (laughs) And and he says, no, no, I'm not searching for a way to get out of trouble. I'm searching for a reason to let you live. (laughs) And then he tells River that she can fight, but she can't kill him. And so... The operative in Blue and River go at it hand-to-hand while Harry continues to talk to the other operative. Basically, the other two are fairly evenly matched. Well, River's having fun. I don't know about the other guy. And Harry says, well, she's got excess energy. Great thing. (laughs) And the man in green wants to know if he and Harry are... Right. And Harry's like, nah, I don't think so. Hmm. And once... uh, They've had a while to wear River out. He tells them to look into his eyes, and he reads their mind, or reads the first guy's mind, and you're going to have to trust me when I say, and I'm not in the mood to rule this universe. So he looks over, and he calls to the captain, and he's like, are you guys ready? Yep, just waiting on you two. So he says, your brother's perfectly fine, but he'll need to hear a little. Explain why everybody else quit. Uh, don't forget to tell your mother that he was taking a nap on the job because everybody quit, so he forgot to call. Stick with the only story that there's any proof. And then everything will be just fine. And he sends them off. And they take off. And the captain is like, how did you do that? Magic. Yeah. Jane wants to know if it's nice, hairy, or scary. <laughs> Well, no, he shouts, you forgot the bit where he shouts the Hogwarts motto at them. Oh, yes, he does do that. In Latin. In Latin. Yeah. Does that even come up in canon, aside from, when does it even come up, like, in the letter? I think in one of the earliest chapters, probably when you see the, either the motto or the signature on on the letter, possibly. Uh Okay. It's definitely there. Yeah. Someplace. Because I got a lesson in Latin from my dad at, at eight years old about the meaning and how the grammar, so-and-so, blah, blah. <laughs> I very distinctly remember that. Okay. I got taught how to pronounce Hermione's name. I never learned that until I think the first movie came out. Uh, I called her Hermie one. Hermie one? Yeah. That makes sense. I read the books in Norwegian and her name is so much easier than... What is it in Norwegian? Hermina. Hermina, nice. Yeah, that, that makes that, that, sense. Oh wait, that's Hermia. Never mind. So they're back on the on the uh, on Serenity, and Mister Universe is keeping them updated on what's going on over the airwaves. But so far, nothing. Um, Simon is not happy that he's played mind games with the federal agents, and Harry's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever." I got it. it. Won't happen again. It's all my fault. I'm sorry. As I was saying, River, how do you f- fantastic, invigorated, focused, bouncing on her feet? 
Yeah. And they're they're uh, heading for how do you say this name? Persephone. I can't say it. Persephone. Yeah, that's Persephone. the one. As long as their sensors can read them, and the- and so Harry needed to know that she could be controlled in her sparring. He actually sparred with her, and so this was sort of a test to make sure that she was uh, going not going to kill him, basically, because he was a little worried about that. But now he doesn't have an excuse, and they're going to get to fight or spar with each other. Yep. <laughs> And he doesn't really want to do that, but they probably will anyway. Yeah. And he's, they want to know why he did it the way he did. And he's always like to give people a chance to do the right choice before I take their choice away. And he says, I will kill when it's necessary. What does that remind me of? But I will not kill when it's not necessary. And oh, by the way, we've just picked up four million worth of cargo. Yay! Yay! Mm-hmm. And Zoe wants to know, how did he manage to get the operatives to bow to him? And he's like, what? Really? No, no, they must have tripped. Yeah. Hmm. Or there was an earthquake, yeah. or excuse me, terraquake. Yeah. Magnetic polarity? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, just, just, just stop. So Mr. Universe sent a uh, black flag top-tier security verified message to the two operatives saying that they were uh, jeopardizing covert missions and yes. they better act very carefully. And so Harry's like, it worked. And it's like, of course it worked. said Mr. Universe, it was my idea. So. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to Harry and River sparring and Harry's trying to warm up. He's stretching and warming up everything because Get get the blood flowing. Yep, since he's done any sparring. And Kaylee's sitting up with uh, Simon, and she's got a tub of popcorn, and Jane's (laughs) all excited. Everybody's to watch them. Harry's just like, (laughs) he says, go easy on me. I'm out of practice. And so they have a bit of a tussle, basically. Yeah, and Harry has an advantage in that he's still, you know, holding a shield around her mind, so he can feel when she decides to do something. Yeah. Well, just like she can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He uh, slaps her on the butt as he goes by, and she gets really mad, and he, she pops his arm out of its socket. And everybody's like, <gasps> and he disengages and starts rubbing his shoulder, and basically... It looks like he's just rubbing it, but he's wandlessly healing it, numbing it, so that he can keep going. And he's left it dangling so that it looks like he hasn't. He goes back into the fight, and then when it's an opportune time, he nails her with that arm because he's got it fixed. Couldn't he just popped it back in? It's hard to just. Well, he does partly. Yeah. Yes, but so my grandma had a a shoulder that dislocated all the time. So they learned how to put it back in and it doesn't go back in easily. You have to either forcefully like hit it against something or in my grandma's case, she had to like lower than the person and the person had to hold her arm outstretched and then she could like Mm. shrug just right and it would pop it back in. But Mm. once it's out, 
it's really hard medically to put them back in. It's not something you can just do real simply. True, I suppose. I don't know. It just seems like Harry with magic would have been able to like, magic. Well, and that's kind of what he did, but he didn't want them to see it. Yeah. And Simon still wants to know how he managed that. And she says, somehow I don't think calling it magic is enough of an answer for him. Mm -hmm. But he says, is it enough for you? Yeah. Because she's complaining because Simon won't let her let him spare spar anymore. Yeah. Has to wait till her bruise heals. Mm -hmm. And then we have a meeting with Mel. Yeah. They've, uh, they're trying to find somebody that wants to buy cargo. Mm -hmm. Quite a bit of it. Yeah. Harry knows somebody that might buy a whole pallet if the price is right. Yeah. Dirty Duncan. He's got the coin and he's stand up, but you gotta watch out, you know, too. And they're at the post office and the the postman recognizes Mal and says, are you here to bring more trouble? And they gathers up letters and he says, oh, hey, and Jane Cox. Mal says, yeah, and he says, I got a letter for him. You want? Mal says, hang on, Jane, you got post. And he comes over and he he signs from it. And he's like, well, it's from my, it's from Maddie. I didn't know he could read, let alone write. And he opens it up and, and he reads it. And then he's like, Mal, I, I got to go. I can't, I got to go. And Mal's like, what? And Jane hands him a letter and it says, dear Jane, mom is dying. Sincerely, Maddie. Mm. And that's where we're in. <laughs> the first thing that came to me was trap, but. Mm, could be. Yeah. You don't know. No. Or his mom could be sick. And he is a mama's boy. We did a step there. He is going to just drop everything in. And hopefully he'll have somebody to go with him and not have to trip on his own. I thought Maddie was the one who was sick, no? No. Maddie's his brother, I believe. We'll find out in the next uh, chapter. But yeah. Dear Jane, mama's dying. Sincerely, Maddie. So it's clearly safe. No, but, like, wasn't Maddie sick? I don't know. I gotta look this up. I don't remember Maddie being mentioned before, but then I haven't watched the series in a while, so... I don't know. Because I think that's why he was trying to get the buddy to send it home. No, he came when they they had the hat, and Mama's letter had something about... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Maddie is a younger sibling to Jane Cobb, child... Maddie is known to be suffering from damp lung, which I assume is akin to uh, yeah. consumption. Yep. Yeah, so Maddie's the one who's sick. Oh, okay. Mm, he was sick, maybe, but he's not the one that's yeah. dying. No. Good memory. I hadn't remembered. Yeah, I did I not recall that at all. <laughs> so, so, Mooney, you haven't read this. Mm-mm. I, I don't even remember how far I got the last time I read it. But not very far. Mm-hmm. And you, Scott? Have you read it all the way through? Pardon? I said, have you read this all the way through? Or did you way through? I don't know for sure. I read quite a bit of it. But I don't remember. It was years and years ago. So it might have still been, um, you know, being posted at the time. Right. I don't remember for sure. I don't recall any of this plot stuff in here so i might not even have got this far or it could just be that i'd forgotten yeah i think i finished it 
but until I read it all the way through, I'm not going to be positive about that. Iru, how about you? Are you? Do you think that you might be interested in this, or are you going to just say, hey, this was fun to tag along on, I'll listen to the podcast when it comes out? Probably the latter. I do enjoy being a part of it here, but I don't have much to contribute because it's not a fic that I would probably read. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you jumping in at the last minute. So thank you for staying up all night with us and uh, and being here. Thank you for letting me join. For a little bit. Your, your insights that you had were very good. And it's always fun to hear a new voice on this. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be around in the future too, especially on Mondays. I think it's Monday. Yes, Monday for us. Yep. Yeah. Ah, yes. 6 a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. Sue, you're cutting out real bad on my end now. Am I? <sighs> yeah. Well, maybe we should just say goodnight and cap it off there and we'll recap it next time. And pretty much everybody's enjoying it is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I need to I, go watch it again. I always enjoy Firefly Fix, and mm-hmm. this one does seem to be bringing them in well. Like, that, mm-hmm. so far, nobody's done something that seems out of character. Right. I don't know. Harry's kind of it for me sometimes. Well, yeah. Harry himself is very different than the Harry we know, but he's also, you know, 130 years older than the Harry we know. Right. That's so. a touch of the super Harry trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he's mostly there to make changes to Firefly. It's not really telling us anything about Harry Potter as such. Um, right. Which is why but, I'm having a bit of a trouble, having a spot of trouble following along. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know Firefly mm. at all. Nope. I know about three things, like four things, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun series. It's a, a single uh, season of TV and a movie that they wound up getting. Yeah. But, and many people would like more. Mm. And some people don't want to don't want to mess with goodness. Yeah. Well, I it's fun. I think it's a good story. Um and I'm looking forward to see what happens next as we go in to find out if Doc Simon can help Jane's mother and then find out what crazy things Harry has uh planned. I I actually I have some pretty strong memories. Um, I will be interested in finding out if what I'm remembering actually goes with this fic and is a true memory. So, but I don't want to say anything and ruin it for the rest of you. So I'll just tell you if I was (laughs) wrong. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah. We'll be interesting to find out. Yeah. We'll just say earth is involved. (laughs) All right then. That's that's a good hint. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you're in, we hope you're reading along with us, and we're gonna say goodbye, good night, good morning, good whatever, good time zone, good time zone. That's a good, good time zone, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.